Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. Today, we have a very special guest, Janelle DeRay, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of Jobs for America's Graduates. You'll hear from Janelle on how she navigates the waters of working with some of the most high-profile leaders in the public and private sector in the United States. Enough said. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of My Great Aunt Edna, the leadership show about excellence, doing things the right way, no shortcuts, and accountability. I'm your host, Matt McNeil, and I have a very special guest today. So this is exciting for me because about a month and a half ago, I was on the hot seat, and she was interviewing me and throwing me some questions. Um, and so this time, she gets to be on the hot seat uh, and so, you know, we're going to hear from Janelle DeRay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Janelle, and then I'll turn it over to her so she can add a little bit of context to that. But Janelle has over 15 years of experience in education and workforce development consulting and nonprofit management. She serves as the executive vice president and chief operating officer of Jobs for American Graduates, which is a nonprofit. It's a national nonprofit that serves 1.5 million youth since its inception, which was 40 years ago, and currently serves 75,000 youth across 1,500 communities. In her role, Janelle oversees JAG's internal and external efforts and collaborates with national and state and public and private sector leaders to provide critical services to youth and young adults through the JAG programming. Uh, prior to her commitment to JAG, Janelle has consulted with leading Fortune 500 companies and national nonprofits, including ADM, HCA, United Way Worldwide, the AARP Foundation, the National Urban League, and more to grow their fund development, external affairs efforts, and overall strategy. Janelle received her Master's of Arts in Public Administration from George Mason University's SCAR School of Policy and Government, and her Bachelor's of Arts in Global Studies from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. And I just want to give a shout out to U of M, like, woo, woo, she threw it up too because I actually live in downtown Minneapolis. And so uh, she went to school right around the corner. And so with that, I want to turn it over to uh, Janelle. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, wonderful to be with you today, Mac. And yeah, you hit the, the highlights. I would say, you know, before that, I grew up in Northwest Minnesota in a teeny tiny little farm and in a very cold community, which I know you are familiar with being in Minnesota. Um, and I like to tell that story because when you work with 75,000 young people, many of whom are wondering, you know, how do I climb the ladder? How do I become a leader? How do I, how do I see myself in an environment different from where I am, my zip code, how I grew up? Um, you know, if I look back at that little girl, she knew she wanted something, but she didn't know JAG existed. She didn't know that the way that her story would manifest would be helping others to find their passion. So, um, yeah, I, I would say I just add that element because uh, I love telling that story to young people who are wondering, where do I go from here? Great. I appreciate you sharing that. And if you guys don't know, which you probably don't, but I want to talk about the importance of JAG and the impact that it has. So um, I myself and a JAG alum from 1988, way back when, uh, Sheffield High School in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and and a lot of the things that were instilled in me in JAG, you know, they still live with me today. I had the opportunity to share that 
uh, with some of the students recently in Washington, D.C. But I just want you guys to know how important the work is that Janelle does um, and all the leaders that work with her as well. And so now we're going to get into a little uh, formal question conversation here. Uh, and, I, and I want you guys to take some of these leadership nuggets away uh, from Janelle. So I'll start with the first question, Janelle. Uh, and you lead the national operations for Job for American graduates, as well as much of Jack's external positioning. Um, how do you maintain a spirit of doing things the right way across such a broad spectrum of responsibilities? You know, for me, doing things the right way starts with focusing on doing the right things. Mm. So I've been with JAG now since 2012 in some way, shape, or capacity, but I started working with our president and founder as an intern. So I got wow. to learn the ins and outs of the JAG organization and it's a very small team. We've grown since then, but it's a very small team. So when you're working in a small team, you have to adapt and you have to go where the need brings you. And that means focusing on the right things. And I learned a lot. I cut my teeth in working with our affiliate leaders. So we have 39 state affiliate leaders and they, they would make clear what their needs are. I would dive in and work on it. And sometimes Mac, I would do things the wrong way first. <laughs> but then immediately learn from those mistakes on how to do things the right way. And the affiliates would guide me to ensure that I focused on the right things. What are the highest needs of their organizations? What are the highest needs of the young people that they're serving on the front lines? And it taught me to listen to pain points mm -hmm. and then work towards make alleviating those pain points on their behalf. So they were very great at helping me to focus on the right things of what the need of the organization was. And then that would help me in my external efforts, right? So I work with, we have 14 governors that serve on our board. I work with them and their staff to help establish new programs, new affiliates. Um, I must have done okay, because then I started getting into national partnerships and working with investors and funders and you know, helping to create what a national partnership could look like that not only for me, I would get frustrated if things were staying only at the national level, how is it truly benefiting our state and local affiliates? So we started um, listening to affiliates again, who would say, Janelle, we love these partnerships, but they're not benefiting us at the local level, then, well, let's put some funding into those partnerships for you to make sure that you have capacity to deliver on it at the local level. And yeah, I would say focusing on those right things and focus, and that means to me, where is the need? And nothing made that more clear than uh, 2020. My, my first year as executive vice president, I was promoted to EVP, was uh, January 2020. And of course, a few months in, wow. yeah, a few months in, we hit the biggest crisis we've ever faced as an organization. And that's what our board and our founder will tell us. Um, you know, when you're an organization that serves 75,000 young people, the vast majority of them, you're serving them in schools, and then schools are shut down overnight. And there are some young people who really need and benefit from our services. You know, you have to go where the need is, and you have to work on the right things. So we went immediately to focusing on student engagement. How do we maintain student engagement? And obviously, virtual services technology. And you know, we we worked really well on that. We added tons of new team members, and that really helped me to continue focusing on the right things, which was operations. You have a whole new team. Now you need to work on operations and help set up some more structure for them and continue clarity. 
And ultimately, that led me to my promotion as EVP and COO, uh, where we got to create JAG's most ambitious three-year strategic plan in our history. And now we're executing on that. So in summary, I would say focus on doing the right things. Mm-hmm. And doing things the right way means learning from when you do them the wrong way first, and that is okay. But as long as you learn from it, failure is a is a blessing that helps us get better. Oh, thank you for that answer. And two things stood out to me during that conversation is one, you started out as an intern. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're a COO now. You know, a lot of people aspire to do that. Um, you know, going from intern to COO is, first of all, an amazing accomplishment. Um, but the second part of that that stood out to me is that you had other people assisting with you. You, you talked about, you know, all of the affiliate leaders that work with you to show you, you know, what were the right things to do and how it would make things easier for them as well. Um, and so just understanding that, you know, no one ever gets to that level alone. So uh, appreciate you sharing no, that. So I want to talk a little bit about mentorship now, because I know mentorship is a very large part of JAG's overall mission. Um, what areas of mentorship do you focus on the most and what are the outcomes that you're trying to drive? So with with JAG, our first name is Jobs. So we are really focused on that career mentorship. And as an alum, you know that we are focused on how we support young people in getting the skills they need to land that first job and move into a career pathway. And when you're working with with teenagers, oftentimes who haven't had a job yet, we have to focus on that mentorship. But what I love about JAG is it's very holistic. It's meeting young people where they're at. So not losing that North Star of our first name. You know, if we have a young person in our program who is failing three classes, all right, well, then we're going to help you with tutors. We're going to make sure that you get your grades up because we all know that statistics say if you don't finish high school, your opportunities in the labor market are more diminished. Or if you have a student who um, is tells our specialist, I'm, I'm angry all the time and I'm have a, having a hard time focus. Well, what's going on at home? Is, oh, your parents got divorced? That might be negatively impacting you. Right. And then we can start working on that social emotional learning and how you respond because we know that in any job, you're going to need those skill sets in order to handle tough times and crises on the job. So our, our motivating uh, center, our uh, mentorship focus, you can say, is our first name jobs. But whether it's project-based learning and the academia that we bring in the classroom, our trauma-informed care services to support young people where they are, or the employer engagement aspect of JEG and bringing employers into the classroom and showing very clearly what a day in the life looks like for a young person, it all centers around that, that mentorship and career development. So I always listen for bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to share with, you know, the viewers. And what I heard this time, what I heard you say was North Star. Yeah. And I love the fact that you said that, you know, as a leader, there's so many things that we can get distracted with, especially in mentorship, because people come to you with, you know, several things that they want to do. But it's important to remember what that North Star is and stay focused in that particular area. So in your case, jobs. Um, Yeah. Very good, very good leadership wisdom there. So appreciate that. Um, so I want to turn this over a little bit now, more personal. Uh, what challenges have you faced in regards to other leaders buying into the mission of Jack? Yeah, I, 
everyone is so busy mm-hmm. and it's you know getting getting through the noise to get them focused on it everyone can get behind our mission to empower the nation's young people with the skills and support they need to succeed in education, employment, and life. I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there who's like, no, I'm not for that. But for them to be actively engaged, to mentor a young person in their career, to invest in the organization, to provide some in-kind training or technical support to an affiliate, it's about that time and them investing that time, talent, or treasure. And personally, something that I've reflected on in this space is probably getting back to that North Star mm-hmm. because JAG is so comprehensive that, and everyone who works for JAG is so passionate that yeah. it can be easy to go into, well, we do this. Well, we do this. Oh, we also do that. <laughs> oh, and then by the way, did you know that we do this? Yeah. That for someone who's just saying, I'm trying to figure out just how I get involved it can be overwhelming. So I think asking people what makes you passionate Mm -hmm. and then responding is probably something that will help both me and our team as we continue to get more leaders involved in JAG. What makes you passionate? Chances are it's something that can be associated to what we do. Again, I can relate to this so much when you talk about you know, we do this and we do that. You know, I work for the Community Reinvestment Fund nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we simplify things, we help women and minority-owned small businesses find funding in various formats. But if you become so complex, and you're right, people get passionate about these things. Like, I want to help close the wealth gap. And trying to explain that to someone yeah. can become overwhelming. So another great point that you just made, and again, staying focused on that North Star, extremely yep. important. And so before I get into this next question, I want to set the stage for the viewers. And so I had the opportunity to see Janelle in action. Um, I've seen her on stage presenting. Uh, Very good, by the way, if you're looking for a speaker. uh, I'm going to put her information up at the end of the show. You guys can reach out to her. Um, Very good speaker. Uh, But I've also seen her in a board meeting uh, with, and again, let me paint this picture. She already mentioned governors. So there were several governors at this board meeting from all across the country. There were congressmen and women uh, from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill, which, by the way, is is where she's located. Um, There were Fortune 500 C-suite leaders around the table as well. Um, You're making me nervous all over again. Yeah, but but it's true. I saw this. And then there's you, right? You and and your boss. And your poise and the way that you handle everything, extremely impressive. You know, first of all, it's hard to be a leader, period. But to be a leader in such, uh, you know, a visible and high profile situation um, is another thing. And so my, my ask is, you know, as a female leader in that environment with public and private sector leaders from all over the country at the highest levels of leadership, uh, how, what kind of advice would you give other leaders, in particular female leaders who aspire to get to that level? I love this question. <laughs> because I wish I could go back and give it to my younger self. I, you know, when I first moved to DC, I would, I I noticed it now, I recognize it now, but Mm -hmm. there would be times where female leaders would lean into me. They would maybe ask where I'm from, what my interests are, what am I doing at JAG or, and where do I wanna go? 
And I would always politely answer, but I didn't, I, I couldn't comprehend that they were taking an interest in me because here I am, you know, little Janelle from the farm, uh, just moved from Minnesota and it's completely, you know, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but intimidated and just appreciative that I lived in the city of DC and wanted to absorb as much as I could, but I didn't think that people were interested in absorbing me. So I didn't really lean into a lot of those questions, those opportunities until much later in my career. And now I'm shameless. I will, anyone who you know wants to learn about JAG or if I have a really tough issue to tackle, I have a group of supports and mentors that I can lean into and call. Uh, so I would say, especially for young people who might be feeling that, young women who might be feeling that, lean in to those opportunities and even don't be scared to explore them yourself. You know, networking starts the day you're born. And if you can, if you see someone that you, if you see someone that in your presence, in your, in your circle that you're interested in and you like how they do things, talk to them, set up regular monthly coffees or video chats. And if you see someone that you are impressed by that is not in your circle, you know, Chances are that they're only a couple degrees of separation. So find their email, go on LinkedIn, but reach out. And then if someone sees, sees an interest in you and tells you that you're doing a great job or they see something in you, take their number and stay in touch with them and create your own mentorship circle or your own personal board of directors. But I would say just lean into that. Lean into that. You are worth it. You are special. And you deserve to have a seat at the table. Lean in. I want to clap for that. <laughs> I that wish. Good. And it's real. I know you're real. I know you're genuine about it. So I appreciate that advice. I love the way you, you started out with Little Farm Girl, you know, from Northwestern Minnesota. Now you're in DC, uh, a lot of influential people and just eventually owned it. Um, so let me, I have a follow-up question now. What was that defining moment that switched for you when you went from, you know, this first persona to where you are now? I always have a tough time when it comes to these defining moments or most questions because I I'm such a believer that it's incremental mm -hmm. and in difference in it like you you incrementally learn, you incrementally absorb, and you probably subconsciously are analyzing all these different experiences and they culminate at certain points. But I would say I I had to be told it by people. I had to be told that mm -hmm. you are enough you are impressive, you are good. And I had to be told, and you know, even to this day, I still have to be reminded. So don't think that leaders don't think that, especially aspiring leaders and young women, that you all of a sudden go from being this to confident. It's something that you have to continuously work on, at least for me, and, and that's okay. But listen to the voices, internal and external, that are positive and affirming your position of where you're at. Don't listen to those little negative ones. Great answer. I love the way you answered that. Um, I wasn't expecting it. That's why I love it. <laughs> when you you know that, but it's true. You know, it's it's not a defining moment for everyone. Sometimes it's just over a period of time. So great answer. Another one. Who was the most influential leader for you in your career progression, and then what did you take away from that relationship? This is another one of those absolutist. 
uh, <laughs> not in a negative way, but you know, I, yeah. I just have such a tough time. I mean, I was the person in, in grad school when we were studying foreign policy. I would never argue one side or the other because I'm like, they all they all come together. They all make sense. There's people in all camps. Yeah. Um, but I, and I've been asked this question a lot before, and I, I think I've probably given answers that I've made up too quickly because when I think of it, there's so many. I, I would say working moms in general. Working moms are superheroes. Yes. And I didn't, you know, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure the working moms out there, I am not one, um, but I am forever your cheerleaders and champions. Because uh, I think of my mom, who worked a full-time job and then had three kids and then would still help out with her, my dad and her husband on the farm on the weekends and in the summer. And I just don't know how she did it. And I thanked her as an adult because I said, I don't know how you did it, but thank you. Yeah. Um, but working moms in general, I'm just superheroes. Um, I would say also, I get the benefit of working with a lot of uh, leaders in the public sector and politicians and public servants. And yes, there's a difference. Um, so I say public servants are probably some of my favorite leaders and most influential because they're not the ones in the news all the time. They ran for office because they want to make things better. And they're rolling up their sleeves and fighting the hard fight. And they're not, they're not running after the, the camera crews. And when I meet them and we get a, we work with tons of them at JAG, many of them are on our board. Um, you just really appreciate what they're doing and why why they're doing it um, because they don't always get those those accolades that they deserve. Again, another answer I wasn't expecting, <laughs> but a good one. Uh, you know, thinking about it from uh, you know a group perspective instead of you know, hey, it's just one person that did it for me. Um, love that thought. I'm one of, I, I can't even say like, what's your favorite movie? It depends on the mood. What's your favorite food? I don't know. It depends you, on the day. You know, and wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. You don't have a favorite movie? Everybody has a favorite movie. No? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I really liked Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Interstellar was great. I like, I yeah. like sci-fi movies. I like okay. things that get me out of my own head and remind me that there's something way bigger than all of us, and that uh -huh. is very calming to me. So, so Interstellar. We have a category from you, sci-fi. <laughs> we can go with that. Okay, that sounds right. good. A genre. Okay, all right. So this is my last question. This is my staple question. Uh, I think every leader can relate to this question. You've been in leadership for a while. We're in leadership today, 2023. You know, there's some aspects of leadership that are absolutely different than when we started in leadership a while ago. But what are some things or something? that pisses you off as a leader that you wish you could change? Mm. Oh, we could be on the phone all day for this one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, you know, uh, people that don't listen to their teams. Mm -hmm. and, and there's even people who do that that don't even mean to, right? Because it's also the old school way of leadership, right? Is... Don't ask questions, don't admit any faults because that shows weakness. And we all know that that is completely, well, sadly, I guess we don't all know, but that is completely unfounded and not the right way to inspire a team and lead a team. 
Um, so when you see that and you see people with great ideas and team players who just want to do the right thing get shut down, you know, that's never fun to see. Um, I would also say, you know, me personally, I am very much somewhat like a restorer and uh, someone who's very focused on achieving. It's mm -hmm. just in my DNA. So when I see something that's broken or that needs fixing, I like to fix it. And then I need to achieve something every day. Every day starts at zero. And if I'm not productive in that day, like it's very frustrating for me. And I have, I have I'm still learning how to live with that non-stop unrest I think it's a blessing and a curse so in leadership something that can piss me off is when you see something that needs to be fixed and then I have this you know instantaneous need to start fixing it and then you hit this moment where you're like wait a second can this be fixed or is the foundation broken <laughs> And you got to throw it all out. And then you get into this cycle of just adding layers of things onto something yes. that foundationally yes. doesn't work. So I wish what I wish we would see a lot more leapfrogging of just like going away with the old and starting with something fresh and new. And I am also by nature, sci-fi gave a little bit away of that, but it, like a futurist. My brain is always in the future. So these things can come together in a very muddled fashion. And that's when you have to take a step away and give yourself a couple minutes and come back. Cause I can get very pissed off primarily at myself for just the way of like, how am I going to figure this out? Cause I, yeah. ultimately you're like, some things might be too big, bigger than I am. And then you're like, well, maybe I should just start it over and create something new, but. That was a very long-winded answer into no, that was a very, that was a very <laughs> my brain. answer that I could relate to. You know, I'm SVP of operations and in operations, there's always layers. And you're right. You know, you get down or you're trying to get down to the foundation to fix it. And it's like, well, do I just need to scrap it? You know, yeah. I'm actually in the middle of putting together a business case to review something for that very purpose to decide on is this something we're going to fix or is this something we're going to start over with? Um, but yeah, I can absolutely relate to that. And yes, it pisses you off. Yeah. So Janelle, I truly appreciate your time today. Uh, great answers as I knew they would be. And I'm sure all of the viewers, listeners to my great on Edna are going to take something away from this. Uh, you know, I want to wrap it up. But again, I want to say thank you. Uh, you know, I'm very impressed with Jobs for America's graduates today. Of course, I'm an alum. But, you know, today with what the organization is doing what you're doing in the leadership, um, the involvement of all the public and private sector leaders that you mentioned. Uh, you know, it's a great organization. So for leaders, um, listeners out there, we're going to put the information up. Reach out to Janelle, find out about it again. You can book her for speaking engagements or just to pick her brain because uh, she's a very, very smart lady. And that's why we have her. So um, with that, Janelle, I just want to say thank you. And uh, to all the, the listeners out there, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. And I also want to thank Janelle DeRay, the Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of Jobs for America's Graduates for being our special guest on today's show. As you've seen, she's a dynamic leader with major impact. The information is on the screen now for you to reach out to Janelle personally, learn more from her, and also book her for speaking engagements. She's phenomenal, and I can vouch for that personally. I also want to remind everyone about my book coming out, 
my great aunt Edna, the golden girl of leadership. It will be available in Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and wherever books are sold. So make sure to pick up your copy. And with that, I say thank you. May your week be excellent and God bless.